Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. We begin a brand new work week here on the fifth day of February, and I pray that you are walking in the free favor of God, resting in the goodness of your Father, uh, understanding a little more every day about your righteousness, experiencing a little more every day the peace that passes all understanding. And no, I don't mean that everything in your life is going well or that everything in your life is making sense. I'm not praying for clarity or wisdom in every area. I am praying for trust in every area that we all learn to trust who He is. We get started this week by changing gears a little bit. Yesterday on the podcast, we did Luke chapter 9. We're in the Gospel of Luke. And we did chapter 9, verses 7, 8, and 9, where Herod is perplexed about this man named Jesus. And the story is going to turn into the most common miracle in all four Gospels. Uh, In fact, there are only a handful of things that appear in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke have a lot in common, the similar Gospels, the synoptic Gospels. John, the non-synoptic, he's dissimilar in almost every way, has most the most unique material. I think every chapter in John contains at least one thing that's nowhere else in any other Gospel. But they all contain the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Interesting to me that of all the things Jesus does, and he does a lot if you put all four Gospels together, John even claims he does more than that. He does. John uses a bit of hyperbole, but he says, I suppose if all the books of the world were could not contain everything that Jesus said and did. Uh I don't take that literal, but I do think he meant what he said in regards to there's just more than we can write down. If that's the case, you would think that there would have been four or five or six of them so remarkable that they would all that they would stand out to all four writers in a way that all four would talk about them. But all four writers talk about the cross and all four writers talk about the resurrection. But of all of his miracles, only the feeding of the 5,000 grabs the imagination of all four writers. I would think walking on the water or Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead or there's there's a plethora of things you could say that they don't. So why this one? Well, let's read first. And I want to introduce it with the introductory bumper verses that Luke gives you because he's leading you into the teaching of the feeding of the 5,000, a story that in some other gospels appears to fall right after the the death of John, where John is beheaded. Jesus finds out about it. He goes off into a quiet place to pray. He's moved with compassion when he sees the crowd and he can't send them away. Luke shifts that a little bit. He has Jesus connected to John the Baptist only through Herod, where Herod says, who is this guy? I thought, you know, I killed John the Baptist. Can't be him. But then this happens. I call this a bumper. This is sort of just this thing right in front of the miracle that encompasses verses 10 and 11 of Luke 9. On their return, the apostles told Jesus all they had done. And I'll pause here to remind you that back at the top of chapter 9, which we covered just a few days ago, Jesus sent the 12 and called the 12 and then sent them out to, to cure 
diseases and preach the kingdom of God. And he told them, don't take anything. You're not going to be gone long enough. Don't stay more than one night in someone's home. If they don't accept you, shake the dust off your feet and move on. This was just a short-term ministry trip that Jesus sent them out on. And it was obviously to help people, but it was really to help the disciples, to teach them he, he's discipling them, so he's got to put them to work. They can't just be hearers. You, you have to be a doer. They come back, and they tell Jesus everything that happened. He took them with him and withdrew privately to a city called Bethsaida. When the crowds found out about it, they followed him, and he welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed to be cured. So this is the, the follow-up meeting that is necessitated by the fact that the disciples went out at the top of the chapter to start their own little ministries. And and I don't mean separate from Jesus, but for the first time really without him. They're going into these villages as emissaries of the kingdom. They're casting out devils. They're healing the sick. They're seeing these miracles happen. I don't don't give this enough attention in my day-to-day journey, I'll admit. I don't give enough attention to the fact that the disciples, by the account of the gospel writers, were doing miniature versions of what Jesus was already doing. They didn't wait until he was gone. They got to work then. And and so there's a part of discipleship that listens, and there's a part of discipleship that learns, but there's an undeniable part of discipleship that does, that it doesn't do it independent, but it does. It gets busy. The disciples had to get busy. They had to do something. They couldn't, they couldn't just go to church. And I know I'm, I'm being anachronistic there. This is not, they're not going to church with Jesus, but you get what I mean. They couldn't simply sit at his feet. And so all of us are on the road of discipleship, but we can't just sit and wait forever. We do wait. And sometimes we need to wait a long time. Jesus waits 18 years between didn't you know I'd be about my father's business and behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world? That's an 18-year gap between 12-year-old Jesus and 30-year-old Jesus. We don't even hear from him in between. He's just growing in grace and favor with God and men. But that doesn't mean he was doing nothing. He was well-pleasing to his father. But we didn't see it all. So People don't have to see the fullness of everything being discipled, but part of discipleship is doing And so then Jesus gives the disciples a break and he steps in and takes over and begins to minister the kingdom and heal those who need to be cured. That's the lead in to the most common miracle of the gospels, the feeding of the 5,000, which we will get into beginning tomorrow. And I love this. There's a lot to talk about. We'll see you then. God bless.